Come on, somebody give God some praise this morning. Say yes to the Lord. That's really what this whole series is about, doing it God's way. It's about saying yes to the Lord, not looking for God to say yes to what you're doing, but to get you to say yes to what God is commanding. And let's be honest. Come on now. I think all of us would agree uh, trouble comes in your life when you do what you want more than when you do what God wants. And, and God can strengthen you and keep you in the midst of your obedience, encourage you and inspire you in the midst of your obedience, but you can't count on divine assistance when you are moving in disobedience. So, so somebody say yes. Just, just say yes. Just say yes. Just say yes to God. Come on, let's go to God in prayer as we get ready for his word. Father, thank you for your word today, uh, for your word that's gone forth in song, and for your word that will go forth in this preaching moment. I pray now, God, that you would anoint by your Holy Spirit supernaturally that your word would go forth and help somebody today. Somebody who needs you, God, may they come to know you. Somebody who knows you, may they grow in you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. It was the 2015 Pepsi Invitational track meet. The University of Oregon's senior steeplechase candidate, runner, uh, Tangi Pepiat uh, ran much of the steeplechase in the middle of the pack. Uh, with about 500 meters left in the race, he took off and took the lead. Uh, he began to lengthen his lead as he went around that turn and entered that final lap. Uh, as he got to about the 150-meter mark left in the race, uh, he began to look at the crowd and, and began to egg them on. He had a big lead, and, and he wanted them to cheer him as he was coming to the finish line. He gets to around 100 meters left, and he is egging the crowd on, and they are cheering louder and louder. What he doesn't realize is... While he is busy egging the crowd on, there's a runner from the University of Washington by the name of Moran Simon. And Moran Simon is running as hard as he can. I think there were some people in the crowd who were cheering Moran Simon on. There were some people in the crowd who were cheering Tangi Pepiat on. There were some people in the crowd who were trying to tell Tangy Pepiot, hey, man, you playing too much. You better finish this race strong. Tangy Pepiot gets 50 meters left in the race, gets to about 25 meters left in the race, and Moran Simon is closing the gap. Little by little, Moran Simon is running as hard as he can. When Tangy Pepiot gets to about 10 meters left in the race, 
he catches an image going by him. It's Moran Simon. The big lead that Tangy Pepiot had, as he was egging people on to cheer for him, he's looking up in the stands and looking up in the crowd. Moran Simon had closed the gap. And Moran Simon was coming even and was about to pass Tangy Pepiot. When they get to about five meters left, Tangy Pepiot sees Moran Simon literally coming by him. And he tries to pick up enough speed to hold him off, but it's too late. And Moran Simon wins that steeplechase event. Now, my brothers and sisters, needless to say, Tangy Pepiot was sick to his stomach. He fell down in the track because he had the race won. But here's what he failed to do. He failed to stay faithful throughout the race. If he had ran that race all the way and had pressed all the way, giving his best all the way, he would have won that race. But because he started looking up in the stands and started calling for their applause, he lost that race. My brothers and sisters, I know what somebody's thinking today. You, you're thinking, well, Pastor, what does that have to do with me? Listen, every one of you who is watching today, every one of you who is listening to me, every one of you, you are running a race. Ecclesiastes 9.11 says, again, I saw that under the sun the race is not to the swift, nor the battle to the strong, nor bread to the wise, nor riches to the intelligent, nor favor to those with knowledge, but time and chance happen to them all. Hebrews 12.1 says, therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. God wants you to run your race. God wants you to be faithful in the running of your race. See, the question is not, do you have a race to run? All of us have a life to live and a race to run. The question is, how well will you run your race? The Apostle Paul in 2 Timothy 4, in his farewell to his son Timothy, says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the faith. I have kept the faith. Uh, we, we run our race, not just to finish our race, but to finish well. And what will it take for you to finish well. We're in a series entitled Doing It God's Way. And we're looking at 2 Samuel chapter 6. We're looking at David and his journey from Abinadab's house through Obed-Edom's home to coming into the city of David with the Ark of the Covenant. And today I want to talk to you from the thought how to stay faithful through your finish line. How to stay faithful through your finish line. Now remember the ark of God was a representation of 
the presence of God. It, it was that which was set aside uh, symbolically to represent the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Uh, you recall in 2 Samuel chapter 6, uh, David has a burden, has a passion to go get the ark of God and take it back to the city of David to reestablish the city of David as the center of worship for the Israelite people. And the Bible says in the midst of bringing the ark back, David valued his intentions more than he valued God's instructions. Uh, Uzzah, uh, the son of Abinadab, uh, touched the ark as it wobbled on the cart and he died. Uh, David now, after three months of hearing of the blessings at Obed-Edom's house, he goes back to retrieve the ark. He goes back because God has given him another chance. And when he goes to Obed-Edom's house, uh, he decides this time he's not going to cart the ark. He is going to carry the ark. And he is carrying the ark of God back to the city of David. And the Bible says after six steps, they stopped and offered a sacrifice to the Lord. They gave God some on-the-way praise. And I told you on last week, uh, you don't ever have to wait until you arrive in order to give God praise. You, you need to take inventory of your progress and realize that progress is worth praise. Progress is worth worship. Progress is worth adoration to God. Well, now they have made it out of Obed-Edom's house. They are on their way back. They have offered the sacrifice and now the question on the table is, will David stay faithful to God until he finishes the task in front of him because, listen carefully, there's some criticism that's waiting for David from a person that he would probably least likely expect it from. Somebody today, I need you to hear me. Because it's not the enemies from without that will catch you off guard. Uh, sometimes the devil will use enemies from within or an enemy moment to challenge you, to press you, to get you to the place that you may think about quitting instead of going on. Somebody ought to hit the chat button right now and give me a thumbs up right there. How do you stay faithful through your finish line? When you are trying to do what God has called you to do, when you're trying to do it God's way, here's what I want to share with you today. You need to stay faithful by making worshiping God your priority. You need to stay faithful by making worshiping God your priority. Look at 2 Samuel chapter 6, beginning at verse 16, the New Living Translation reads, But as the ark of the Lord entered the city of David, Michal, the daughter of Saul, looked down from her window. When she saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord, she was filled with contempt for him. They brought the ark of the Lord and set it 
in its place inside the special tent David had prepared for it. And David sacrificed burnt offerings and peace offerings to the Lord. Michal is Saul's daughter. She became David's wife because she was the prize that was offered to any man who could defeat the giant Goliath. Uh, so this was not a relationship that came about because of courting. This was not a relationship that came about because of attraction or love. This was a politically arranged marriage. And Mikal clearly has some feelings towards David that are not positive feelings because the Bible says when she looks and she sees David coming in and she sees him leaping and dancing, she was filled with contempt. I'll get to that in a subsequent message, but, but let's just focus on David today. Let's focus on David doing what he needed to do to be faithful. What was David willing to do? What, what kind of worship what was David willing to give to stay faithful through his finish line? Because remember, faithfulness takes you to completion. You, you don't want to count a moment as being faithful. You want to be faithful through the movement. What does it take to be faithful? Look, look at what, what David shows us. First of all, in order to be faithful through your finish line, you've got to worship God personally. You've got to worship God personally. There needs to be uh, an individual commitment to worship the Lord. The Bible says in verse 14, and David danced before the Lord with all his might. Not only did David bless the Lord when he left Obed-Edom's house. But the Bible says he worshiped the Lord as he made his way into Jerusalem with the ark of God. He worshiped the Lord personally. And, and here's what's important for you to understand. If no one else gave God any praise, any glory, any adoration, David said, I am going to worship the Lord. As a matter of fact, we don't even see in the biblical text any evidence of anybody else dancing or whirling around. But what we see happening is David worshiping the Lord and in essence uh, modeling what worship should look like. David says, I am personally going to engage in worship with the Lord. You know what I've learned about worship and praise to God? You really can't control what anybody else does, only yourself. And it's amazing how many times people look at somebody else to see what somebody else is doing or what somebody else is saying. Um, I can remember visiting at a church and, and a brother uh, shouted out, hallelujah, in the back of the church, praise God. And everybody turned around to see who it was. And that let me know that that person had to have been either acting out of character, or they had to be a visitor. I found out later on that the person was a visitor. And the members all turned around and looked, and they looked as if to say, hey, members know better than to act like that. 
But the truth of the matter is, man, your worship of God is personal. Everybody say personal. Your worship of God is personal. It is individual. While it may take place in a corporate setting, you are worshiping the Lord for yourself. Old folks used to say every tub sits on its own bottom. You got to give God the glory and praise for yourself. But look at B. You've got to worship God passionately. Worship God passionately. Not, not just worship him personally, but worship him passionately. Verse 14 says, and David danced before the Lord with all his might. <laughs> with all his might. Whatever David had, he was offering it to the Lord. It was not just personal. It was passionate. My brothers and sisters, I don't mean to talk about anybody. I promise you, I'm not trying to step on anybody's toes, but I'm not trying to miss any. Listen, if you come to worship God and you think about all that God has done for you and you look and act like you have been drinking embalming fluid, then I am saying to you, my brothers and sisters, you really don't understand how good God has been. David said, when I think about all that the Lord has done for me, I am going to worship the Lord with all my might. I'm not leaving anything on the table. No, I'm going to worship the Lord with all my might. Now, let me talk to some of you about your BC experiences. That's, that's before Christ, right? Uh, isn't it amazing how we could give the devil so much more of our physical presence and our passion and our power. We could give so much more than we give to the Lord. Oh, man, we could go to a party and, and man, people hollering and screaming all over the party. Put them same folk in church and you can't get a peep out of them. Take them to a ball game and they'll high-five people they don't even know when their team scores a touchdown. But when they come into the sanctuary to worship the Lord, it is, isn't it amazing how we just seem to give God the bare minimum? The, the Bible says that, that David worshiped the Lord with all his might. Look at verse 16. When she saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord, there was physical activity. There was, there was passion there. Um, that, that word for, for dance is the Hebrew word karar, and it literally means to whirl around, to whirl around in, in dance. Um, he, he danced with all of his might. Uh, there are those who have uh, taken this passage and, and have uh, taking some translations that, that David danced out of his clothes as if he had danced his clothes off. And, and so, you know, you hear people erroneously say things like, well, you know, David danced, danced, danced out of his clothes. No, he didn't dance his clothes off. Because um, you have to remember, and, and typically when we hear that, we read back into that time period a, a Western uh, European style of dress. And let me share this with you. It is physically impossible for you to dance your clothes off if your clothes are buttoned and zippered and closed. That's not going to happen. Let me tell you what did happen. Uh, remember, David came the first time 
to get the ark of God from Abinadab's house as a warrior. But he goes to Obed-Edom's house as a worshiper. The Bible says he is wearing a priestly tunic. And, and these were garments that were layered, that were layered. And depending on how you moved, those garments could fly open. And if you were intense in your movement, uh, those garments could fly open. And what was intended to remain private could become public. Uh, let me see if I can help somebody understand this today. It, it's like a woman who, who wears a wrap dress, and, and ladies, explain this if you have any men around you, but, but if you have a wrap dress, for example, that, that dress is, is wrapped over, and then it's wrapped over, and, 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 and it's layers. Uh, but one of the things you want to make sure of when you wrap a wrap dress, you want to make sure that you are standing in the right place depending on how the wind is blowing. Because if the wind is blowing and it's blowing hard, uh, what was intended to be covered by that wrap dress will become uncovered. Come on, ladies, if you know, um, I know what I'm talking about, just give me a thumbs up in the chat. So, so here's what David did. David is dancing and he is whirling around in this priestly tunic and there are some areas that were intended to be private that became public. David danced like nobody was watching. And my brothers and sisters, when, when you worship uh, personally and you worship passionately, you, you need to sing like nobody's listening. You need to dance like nobody's watching. You need to pray and praise like only God is listening and only like God is going to answer. Let me get to the last thing, and then I got to let you go. I told you you got to worship God personally. You've got to worship God passionately or intensely. Thirdly, you've got to worship God purposely. You've got to worship God purposely. You've got to be intentional in your worship. The Bible says in verse 17, they brought in the ark of the Lord and set it in his place in the midst of the tabernacle that David had prepared for it. Listen, David had already prepared the tent for the ark when he brought the ark in. When he brought the ark in, the tent was already prepared. He was purposeful. He was purposed in his worship of the Lord. He was intentional. It was not something that just happened randomly. David had planned his worship of God. Listen to me carefully because a lot of times in life, we, we think sometimes in observing others, that worship has to be spontaneous. And that somehow, if it is planned, then it must be orchestrated. You, you hear people use terms like uh, organic. Plan doesn't take it away from being organic. Plan simply means you are prepared. Have you reserved a place for your worship of God? Or are you purposeful in your worship of God? 
not geographically per se, but in terms of in your heart. Have you made a determination to be faithful in your worship to God, to be what? Personal, passionate, and purposed in your worship of God. Have you made that your priority? You see, here's what I've learned. In the midst of life's journey, thank you, Lord, in the midst of, of walking through this path, man, it is so easy to get discouraged. Somebody who's listening right now, uh, may, maybe it's COVID, maybe it's, it's the job, maybe it's the family, may, maybe you're just exasperated, maybe you're just at the end of your emotional rope. You're just tired. You're not, you're not tired of the journey. You're just tired in the journey. You're just worn out. Can I tell you what will help you get through and stay faithful? Worship. Worship. In the midst of difficulties, in the midst of challenges, worship. And you may ask the question, why? Here's the biggest reason why. Because worship takes your eyes off of your situation and puts your eyes on God. Thank you, Lord. Worship reminds you of who God is. See, sometimes we can focus so much on our problems, listen to me carefully, that we focus on the size of our problems, and worship reminds us of the size of our God. Worship reminds us of how awesome God is, how faithful God has been, how faithful God is, and if the track record is true, how faithful God will be. And in the midst of that, we come to a place and we come to a point where we can say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. I'm going to trust you. Worship will help get you through and help you get to your finish line. Wherever you are, Let's give him the praise, give him the glory, give him the honor, worship him, and remind yourself and your enemies of how awesome our God is. Let's pray. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for your word. I pray now that, God, everything that we have done and everything that we have said has been pleasing in your sight. I pray now that your word has found fertile ground on the hearts and minds of your people so that as your word enters their heart, it would find good soil and that it would germinate to produce great fruit. We bless you, God, and we give you the glory and honor now. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We bless and thank God for you. Man, thank you for being with us today. Uh, if it's your birthday month, don't leave because I didn't forget about your birthday song. But as we encourage those of you who are watching to respond, here's what I need you to know. The gospel always calls for a response. For those who need the Lord, for you to know him. For those who know him, for you to grow in him. And so if you are watching right now, and you need the Lord, and you want to know how to accept Christ, 
I want you to go to our website. I want you to go to our app. If you haven't downloaded the app already, uh, download our app. And I want you to click on the button that says, I want to accept Christ. And if you click on that button, uh, I will walk you through how to ask Jesus Christ into your life. If you've already accepted Christ as your Savior and you want to know what to do now, we want to help you do that. And I want to encourage you to make the step. There are five things that we encourage you to do, and I want to help you to do that. Uh, If you're looking for a church to become a part of, and I want to thank God for those who have joined the Good Hope Church on the virtual platform. And I want you to know wherever you are in 130 countries, we welcome you to join with us in this journey. And we make this pledge and this commitment uh, to help disciple you, to help you grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ on this virtual platform. Uh, Just a couple of things I want to do before we You're ready to close. First of all, those of you who have been supporting our church, man, we want to thank you for your faithfulness and your giving. For those of you who would like to be a partner with us in the kingdom building work, man, praise God for you. Almost 300 families blessed over this past week in our food pantry. Uh, Hundreds of families and hundreds and sometimes thousands of people are blessed Um, by our work every week. And I want to thank our missions and outreach team and Pastor Sloan for the tremendous job that they do with our food pantry. Uh, Don't forget our Stuff the Truck campaign and our STAP program. Uh, We would love to see you uh, give to our Stuff the Truck campaign so we can be a blessing to others and the STAP program can help you navigate this digital divide that many of us are facing. If you've been blessed by this message, uh, like or share us with friends and family members. And if you'd like to become part of a life group, that's living in fellowship every day. We would love for you to become part of a life group. Go to our app, go to our website. You can register there as well. As we get ready to go, let me just remind you this Tuesday is the most important vote that most of us have seen in our lifetime. So make sure you get out and make sure you cast your vote. Early voting is over. Listen, you got an extra hour of sleep. Daylight savings time is gone. We fall back now. So make sure you get out and vote, all right? Listen, last but not least, man, I've got to say happy birthday to all of the November birthdays. So wherever you are, man, stand up. Let's give God some praise for you seeing another year. Come on, let's sing happy birthday together, all right? Well, we're singing happy. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Well, we're singing happy. Oh, Lord, happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Yeah, 
yes. <laughs> Listen, I hope and pray you have a happy birthday. Wait a minute. Today is November the 1st. That means you can take the whole month. Well, listen, give the turkey one day, all right, for Thanksgiving. But listen, enjoy this month. Enjoy your birthday. And may God bless you with many, many more. Don't forget, God is doing something wonderful in you. And God is doing something wonderful in me. Now, you ought to be able to claim that for yourself. But if you can't claim it for yourself, give it to somebody else and then let somebody give it back to you. Look at somebody and say, God is doing something wonderful in you. I'll see you next time.